recently supposed to be your revision. But it still was in my little world. I hosted my own from the garage here at home. When I say hosted, I mean I literally set up a proper studio with sound and lights and stood in front of a camera for a couple of hours broadcasting to loads of people, actually. I sang a couple of songs. They were, they were pre-recorded, but they were live performances. But on the night I held the thing together, I improvised the com commentary live. I spoke in French for part of it. I did a passable parody of the Lordy song that won about 15 years ago. And I must have come across as somebody really confident. I held the whole thing together, I organised it, although other people contributed enormously. About halfway through the evening, just as we were getting into the voting part, the internet went down here at home. It's really not what you need when you're hosting an online event. But we coped. I tethered via my phone, I improvised, we kept it going through to the end, we had a winner, and from the feedback I've had, everybody had a great evening. So why don't I feel great? I think people who see me only in that context will think of me as outgoing and confident and self-assured. And on Saturday night I was. If I wasn't, I wouldn't have been able to get through that kind of thing. Somebody who's reserved and lacking in self-confidence can't stand in front of a camera and say welcome to your revision surrounded by loads of lights going off and they can't do a, a live acoustic performance of making your mind up by Bucks Fizz and broadcast it to friends. How confident people do that. And so what's going on? I We're all a contradiction. Every one of us is is a complicated mix of things. We're not a pure introvert, a pure extrovert. We're not purely confident or purely lacking in confidence. We're not outgoing, we're not shy. We're all a complex mix of various parts of all these things put together. And we can all be all of these things in the right circumstances. Nobody is the same version of themselves every day in every situation, no matter what they might tell themselves. And I am sometimes capable of acts of great confidence. I'm sometimes capable of putting myself out there and forcing myself to do things that other people would really struggle with. People who outwardly might appear really confident. I don't think it's just me. I think everybody is a is a mix of contradictions. Everybody can can be one thing one day and another the next and at no point are they not being themselves at no point am I being somebody else I'm not faking it till I make it to talk about what we spoke about a few weeks ago I'm I'm just being me and sometimes that's me it's draining though after every big event like the Eurovision I hosted, like a big party or something where there's a lot of social energy happening, a lot of interaction, a lot of requirement for me to be confident and outgoing, it, it takes it out of me. I have a few days of 
being metaphorically on the floor. I wasn't great last week in the run-up to Eurovision, to be honest. I didn't tell many people, though. I think some people noticed. I was not in great shape last week. I was randomly bursting into tears for for no particular reason. And that's just sometimes what what I'm like. Sometimes I'm standing in front of a camera being the outgoing, exuberant, flamboyant host and sometimes I'm the wreck who can be reduced to tears by catching a couple of minutes of a TV drama that's a bit sad. We're all complex. We're all a complex... complex... collection of influences. We're all shaped into who we are by various things and it's it's a cliche when talking about therapy to, to look at childhood and sure childhood and upbringing plays a part in it but it's not the the only point we're all still changing we're all constantly being molded into the people that we are i'm still being molded i'm not outwardly the same person that I was 10-15 years ago and inwardly I'm, I'm not the same person I'm a lot more anxious than I was but equally I'm a lot more self-assured than I was it depends on the circumstances I don't think you can look at a, a childhood or a relationship with a parent or a particular thing that happened at school or a particular event in anybody's life and say oh that's what's responsible that's who's made them who they are I think it's more like molding it's more like shaping the person into who they are by gradually chiseling away bits of them and and adding new bits and of course for those people who've been through trauma a single event can be enormous but most of us have not been through a traumatic event in that sense and so we're a product of a million interactions we're a product of a million things that have somehow shaped us and turned us into into who we are we're constantly reacting to the world around us and we constantly have aims and goals and desires and wishes and we're trying to chart our way through life to where we want to go and we get help sometimes and we get hindered sometimes and sometimes that's by people and sometimes that's by circumstances and every one of those will draw us closer to the things that help us and will take us further away from the things that hinder us we rarely do it consciously it's just a natural desire to survive it's a natural desire to be happy if if they're not the same thing i find myself changing i find myself learning new things i find myself slipping back sometimes 
the road to confidence or the road to being without crippling anxiety is is a bumpy one there's no direct path there's no continuous upwards track it's it's like walking the tourist path up a mountain most of the time you're going up but sometimes you go flat and sometimes you have to go back down and climb again and the the times when things slip are so demoralizing it's so easy to to say i'm not doing this it's so easy to say well i've slipped back so did i make any progress and it's important to remember that progress is not linear progress is not a single a single trajectory towards whatever is the goal but much as there's parts of me that that change i i don't the change is not instantly conscious i'm not a believer that by thinking positively you can suddenly not be depressed i am a believer that by work and sometimes with help with a therapist and some people don't need that then you can make the change but you make the change by slowly molding yourself into somebody that's not depressed or somebody that's not anxious you don't make the change by wishing the depression away or wishing the anxiety away it's, it's ridiculous to suggest that you could and yet people do people say stay positive oh look at all the great things in your life what have you got to be depressed about as if as if it's a choice we don't choose to be who we are we don't choose to be what we are we can choose to to mold ourselves in certain ways and we can choose to allow ourselves to be molded but fundamentally i don't choose to feel like this i don't think i would given the choice and much as there's there's parts that i can mold myself there's parts that i can't i can coach myself and others can coach me into becoming a better manager at work they can coach me into becoming more fluent when speaking french they can coach me into how to run better or more quickly those aspects of behavior can change and changing behavior can slowly change the feelings underneath but there's parts of me there's parts of everyone which are much much harder to change there's fundamental parts that can't be changed with a quick conversation a quick chat there's there's things that require the constant effort of the years there's things that require constant molding there are things that you need to do over and over again until your mind slowly starts to change its reaction to a particular stimulus and there will be times when you'll slip back there'll be times when something really upsets you that that rationally shouldn't that doesn't mean it's a failure that doesn't mean that the process isn't worth it but constant change is tough it's a tough process to go through it's it's tough to open up about 
mental health, regardless of how accepting the world claims to be these days, it's it's tough to say that you're not okay. And people on LinkedIn and people on Facebook are very supporting and people say, oh, it's okay to say you're not okay. And if you want to talk, I'm here. And they say all the right things and they mean the right things, but the world is not set up for people to do that. The world's not set up for people to say, I'm not coping. There's an expectation that people do cope. There's an expectation that we, we get through all this. We don't define the person we become explicitly and other people don't define the people we become either. Everybody around me when I was growing up, everybody around me at university, everybody around me at school has made me the person I am, but I don't believe that anybody wanted me to be like this. There's never been malicious intent on the part of anybody. If, if there were, it would be easier to block out if anybody tries to hurt me. I'm pretty good at defending myself against that. I'm just bad at defending myself against the the rough and tumble of life, I guess. Sometimes we don't get moulded into shape, we get beaten into shape. We get hit by things, we get hit by situations, we get hit by our own emotions and they pummel away at us until we are until we are who we are we don't start out with who we want to be in mind and we can't stop ourselves being affected by the stuff that goes on around us no matter how hard we try no matter how thick a barrier we build no matter how much we tell ourselves and tell the world we don't have any vulnerabilities every single person in the world has vulnerabilities it's just some people one of their vulnerabilities is their inability to admit that they have any because none of this is to abdicate responsibility for making myself better I have to take responsibility for myself and nobody else is going to and nobody else should. I don't make excuses for when anxiety and depression make me an unpleasant person to be around. I I have reasons but I never claim they're excuses. Anxiety can make me behave in ways I'm not proud of really can depression can make me cut off from people I really shouldn't cut off from it's not a conscious choice I'm not doing it for attention I'm not doing it for anything other than that's how my mind tells me to behave I don't abdicate responsibility for any of that at all I just need to find the, the reasons because I don't want to, to feel the way I do. I, I don't think anybody would. Some 
anxiety and some low mood is is natural there are things that happen to us in life we should be sad about there are things that happen to us in life we should be worried about but I don't want to lose that but I, I do want to lose the the overwhelming feelings I, I do want to lose the feelings that cause me to be on the verge of tears for an entire week I do want to lose the feelings that cause me to wake up at three o'clock in the morning with my heart racing stirring at the ceiling desperately anxious about nothing at all I can take responsibility for myself but I can't take responsibility for how I feel I'm not sure I can consciously control that. I can influence it, I can mould it, I can change it over time, but I can't turn off feelings. You can't tell somebody that what they're feeling is wrong. You can tell them that what they're doing is wrong and you can tell them that what they're thinking is factually and rationally wrong. But if somebody has a feeling, you can't deny them the right to feel that and I can't deny myself the right to feel whatever I do whenever I do I don't have a choice in every aspect of myself you know nature versus nurture is a a long debate and most attributes of most people are probably a combination of both but there's no absolutes. I'm not always an anxious person. I'm not always a confident person. I'm not always a depressed person and I'm not always a self-assured person. I wonder whether the fact I can be an ultra confident person is as much a problem as the fact I can be an ultra anxious person. It's what I want to be within the normal boundaries of where both of those things should go for people. I've been shaped by the world around me, I've been shaped by work, I've been shaped by family, I've been shaped by friends, I've been shaped by school, I've been shaped by those flipping PE teachers back in the day. I've been shaped by people I met 40 years ago and I've been shaped by people I met two weeks ago we all get shaped by everyone and everything around us all the time it's a case of having the wisdom or trying to have the wisdom to, to spend time with those people who shape us in the right direction it's about choosing the interactions that make us into the person we would prefer to be we can't consciously change that ourselves but we can surround ourselves with the people who are like to, likely to, to mould us in the right way, to mould us in the way we would like to be changed there's a dilemma for anyone in my position do I want to change? I am who I am, I am somebody who who suffers with anxiety and depression 
do I want that to stop? Of course I do on one level. I want it all to go away. I, I, I just don't want to have those days anymore. But do I want to become somebody else? Do I need to become somebody else in order to lose that? Would losing that part of me be to lose who I am? If I lost the ability to be super anxious to the point of it being crippling, would I lose the ability to be super confident to the point of being outgoing? If I lost the ability to be depressed to the point of feeling nothing, would I lose the ability to feel something? There's a a level of attachment even to those feelings that are bad for us. Maybe not bad for us, but those feelings that, that make life harder. There's still a feeling that hard as it might be, that's something within us and that's something that is part of us and if we are taught that we must accept who we are and we must love ourselves then do we even need to love that part of us do we do we need to do more than acknowledge that part of us do we need to embrace that part of us or do we just cut it off do we just say that's that's something within me that that's not helpful do we excise that do we remove it do we throw it away do we incinerate that and, and live without it what fills the gap would I still be me if I didn't suffer depression and anxiety would I be as creative would I be as fluent would I be as expressive feeling something's worse than feeling nothing and I guess there's a fear that with the anxiety gone would I feel anything at all anymore of course I would I'm just scared of what it might be I guess I don't want to become somebody that I don't recognise I've had times in my life where I've been slimmer and times in my life where I've been fatter and I look at photos from those times and it, it always looks like me. It just looks like a slightly bigger or smaller version of me with slightly different haircuts and wonkier teeth a few years ago and there were times when I wore contacts and didn't wear glasses and now I wear glasses all the time and these are all superficial changes but it's still me. It's the same true of how I feel would it just be a different version of me or would it be somebody else entirely and do I want to be that somebody else am I going to like that somebody else am I going to find that somebody else annoying am I going to find somebody who doesn't suffer from anxiety frightfully smug of course it's all a moot point really I'm not sure this ever really goes away I think we can learn to live with the feelings we can over time learn to, to temper the feelings but can we actually turn the feelings off I don't know that we can it's a case of 
learning to to live a life which can still be fulfilled and can still be happy when it needs to be happy without these two bloody monsters always there in the background waiting to to ruin anything to throw a Eurovision event and have so many people tell you that it was a great thing and it was if I look at it rationally it was amazing that I managed to pull it off and it was it was a brilliant escape from everything that's going on in the world at the moment and for a few hours it was escape for me too and I don't talk about how I feel after these events and, and things because I don't want people who come to these events to have their enjoyment tempered by knowing what what they have the potential to do to me and I do them because I want to not because I feel I have to and that's my choice maybe the the emotional hangover from a happy event like that is worth it maybe the maybe the fact that I know I'm going to have a couple of days of feeling desolate it is worth it for knowing that there's an evening when I don't we all make decisions in life that we're going to enjoy something even if it causes us a bit of pain afterwards we all sometimes spend too much money on something we really want knowing that we're going to have to live frugally a bit afterwards in order to pay it back to ourselves we I certainly used to when I drank alcohol sometimes we would get really drunk knowing that tomorrow was going to be really awful but it was worth it for that time I don't miss hangovers but I might miss these hangovers if they were gone is it my anxiety that drives me would I have the same motivation without it? But as I say, it's it's an academic question because there's no magic wand that can be waved to make it go away. I don't even think years of therapy and corrective moulding, if we want to call it that, is going to make it go away completely. I think it'll always be there. It's always going to be part of me. Might just be tempered it might just be easier to live with and you know I think I could live with that